0: Standing By, the Terry and Ted podcast, is sponsored by the UPS Store Canada. Hi there, welcome to the Standing By podcast. Uh, This is, I I don't know what episode this is. Does it really matter? It doesn't. Just the fact that you're here and we're here, that means uh, it's time for another episode of the podcast. I'm Terry DeMonte, that's Ted Bird.
1: It's interchangeable. It could pop up anywhere in the season. It's one of ten is what it is.
0: One of ten, that's right. And one of And you know, 10. the experts tell us, Ted, we're not supposed to refer to it as a season. Now, I don't know who the experts are, but they say we're not supposed to call them seasons. I kind of like the fact that we announced we've got a new round of episodes, and why not call that a season?
1: As do I, uh, but the experts have had a lot to say uh, of late on many, many issues. There are podcast experts, there are COVID uh, experts as well. Uh, yes. I don't know who, uh, like you, I don't know who they are. I've never heard them mentioned by name, but I see them pop up in the headlines quite often. COVID to kill us all, experts say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is this is like the 21st century version of they, you know they say yeah
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> who who say, said who said this? By the way, the the there shouldn't be seasons.
0: Well, I, I the I, experts. I've read, I've, I've read that before. They the the so called podcast experts say you shouldn't refer to any you know podcasts go up and they stay up, so you shouldn't call them seasons. But why not?
1: Yeah, they can go fuck themselves. Well, you guys don't do seasons, though, Poseidon, on no, any of the you, podcasts you that do, you do here. You can
2: do seasons, or yeah. you, you you don't have to. It, it all depends.
1: I know that with two drink minimum, you number them, right? You guys yeah. have done close to 300 We now, number them.
2: Yeah, my show, In Bed with Poseidon. Uh, Pantellus has a different title for every single episode. It's like its own standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can, you can make seasons or... Uh, of course, you can have seasons. Like there are yeah. people that do podcasts, like on a specific subject, or like a specific movie, or like a book, or the you know what I mean, or like a specific story, and they have uh, they have seasons. I think it's perfectly fine. Whoever these experts are, are these like uh, <clears throat> CNN experts, traditional media experts. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, okay. that that's why because the, the, okay. they're they're.
0: <laughs> anyway, th- this is season four, and uh, this is episode- yeah. Whether you
1: like it or not, <laughs> 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 this is season four. Understand. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's so upset he can't talk.
0: I was going to say this is season four. Kiss my ass, but it all came out backwards.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a terrible mean person. <laughs> you got to work on your meanie.
0: <laughs> I was never good. Although I, I'm really good. I used to be very, very good at losing my temper.
1: Right? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah I'm still I'm, pretty good at that.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I've calmed down uh, a lot over the years. We retirement or so-called retirement has helped, I think. Also, not getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning has has helped. I think when you get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and you sleep three hours a day, it gives you a bit of an edge.
1: I think so, yeah, yeah. I don't get angry at work anymore, though. I just get angry out in public.
0: Oh, good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I get angry with strangers who are yeah. inconveniencing me. I must have told you the Costco story.
0: Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, the co- yeah. Well, now that you've mentioned it... well. I- Oh, hold on, because before we continue, we really have to thank UPS, yes, the UPS we Store must. Canada, don't you? Yeah. They're our title sponsor, and uh, we usually open up the podcast with a big thank you to the UPS Store Canada. Um, boy, oh boy, um, David Drucker has been a longtime friend and longtime uh, supporter of uh, most everything we've done over the years. And uh, now that he is, um, what do we call him, Ted? Do we say the king of uh, the UPS Store Canada? I think
1: he's the, emperor. the I, emperor. I think in the UPS hierarchy, he ranks as the Canadian emperor.
0: Over 360 locations of the UPS Store Canada. Um, we're recording this pretty close to Christmas. And boy, at this time of the year, do they ever come in handy. Uh, they can uh, arrange shipments anywhere around the world. Um, But I think a lot of people in Canada use uh, them to get things across the country, Uh, and some people even use them to get things just across the uh, province that you live in, Uh, boxes, tapes, uh, or tape, I should say, labels, um, uh, documents, they can handle all of that stuff, and I keep uh, reminding you that the people that run the UPS Store Canada in your neighborhood are also entrepreneurs. These are all franchisees that run these locations that know how difficult it is to run a small business, and they are there to help. Uh, What you do is go to the UPS Store website and find the location near you, and any problem that you need solving, they will help you with. And uh, we thank them, our title sponsor, the UPS
1: Store Canada, a million thank yous.
0: All right, Ted. Uh, do you know you, you now want to tell your story about the uh, I, the Costco? In case somebody's missing, I you.
1: probably told this story in uh, season three of Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast. Do you remember Poseidon? The story about me getting into the yelling match with the guy at Costco. Do you remember me telling that story? I mean,
2: I'll tell it again. Yeah, say it again because I, I, I don't yeah. remember
1: what I ate for breakfast. And this, so. Yeah, and this is – see, this is what I need to work on. I need to work yeah. on my patience and tolerance. So I'm going into Costco one day, and, and the day had been going quite swimmingly, as I recall. I had a good show at work. The weather was nice. Uh, the drive to Costco after work was a piece of cake. There was no traffic, and I got there. There was a little bit of a line out the door at Costco, and I thought, well, everything else has gone so well. I can live with this. And so I get in line with my cart, and just as I'm about to go through the door, Buddy comes from the side and butts in front of me. And I said, oh, "Oh, well, please, after you, sir, by all means, you go right ahead. Go right ahead. And he turned around, and he said, "Uh, do I detect some sarcasm? And I said, you're fucking right, you do. (laughs) Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, and then it went downhill from there. And then it degenerated into the two of us yelling like a baseball umpire and a manager in each other's face as we were walking down like the the fish aisle.
2: <laughs>
1: it was uh, that's a good fucking sketch. Just, uh, somebody somebody off. How did it end, Ted? Uh, it just ended with him going one way and me going the other, and the two of us going, "Yeah, fuck you." Well, fuck you. No, fuck you.
2: <laughs> you like you like that that video of the two guys. Uh, in New York City, just
1: pointing the finger exactly. at each other. That's exactly. That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up, I ended up, and this is what I hate about those scenarios is I end up with an emotional hangover. Right. Like I right. just feel like shit for the next several hours. Yeah. So I have to call my friend Dave because Dave's like my emotional sponsor. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dave's just like me. Dave gets into those uh Dave will will snap it at a, at a moment's notice as well. So anyway, but I'm trying least, to get better at that.
0: Here's the thing. My wife and I talk about this all the time. People's behavior ha- has gone completely sideways and and, and I, I I don't I don't know, you know, I don't think this is old man in a rocking chair thing. No. I just think people's behavior has somehow gone sideways from everything about, you know, bare feet on a seat in an airplane to, you know, picking your toes at the gate to, uh, you know, butting in line and not thinking anything of it. One of the things that I've, I've noticed a lot, especially out where we live, is people don't wait to, to exit um, like a parking lot. Like if you're driving down a boulevard and somebody wants to exit a parking lot, they, they just pull out and cut you off because they want to go now. And it's the same kind of premise as, well, sure, there's a line, but I, I'm not waiting in line. I'm just going to cut in and hope that nobody notices. Like, what the fuck is that? I would what like to, to people's behavior?
1: I would like to th- think that it's still a minority of people who do that, but certainly you see more of that behavior than you ever used to for whatever reason.
0: I, I just, I see it, you know, I see it in... In movie theaters, I see it when I travel. You know, I see people. People behave in ways that would have been, you know, you would have been shunned, and and even screaming and yelling, yelling at each other in a supermarket. A supermarket, you would have been shunned. Um, that would have been behavior that wasn't tolerated. Say twenty years ago.
1: Yeah. Well, Be- someone would have. We would have been told to to uh, yeah. vacate the premises. Yeah. Yeah. What,
0: but so, what's happened?
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: It's, it, I'm telling you, it's, I, I just, I find it, it's, it's one of the things that I wanted to talk about because my wife and I have to be so extra careful. Um, and and I. We. we have a theory, we think like out in British Columbia, you can turn right on a red light. And I was always one of those people that didn't understand why in Quebec we couldn't turn right on a red light. I'm starting to understand it a little bit more now because the law is written that if you turn right on a red light, you're supposed to look, make sure that it's completely clear and there's no traffic coming and then you can go. But that doesn't work anymore. People think, well I can turn right on a red light so I'm just gonna dart into traffic and it'll be up to those people to slow down as I as I dart into traffic. That's not what it's for. No. And, I, and I, I've got a theory, I don't know if this is true or not, I think it comes from the instant gratification of the internet and the phone, people don't want to wait. Like when you're exiting a parking lot, they don't want to wait. They just want to go now. And if that means cutting you off, they're okay with that.
1: Yeah, but what if you don't slow down and you broadside them?
0: That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's why my my wife and I are on guard for that because, you know, you see a person who's stopped, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to wait for you to go by. And I I just I find that a bit of a new phenomenon. I don't I could be wrong.
1: You ever uh you ever stop and 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 wave somebody in and they look at you like uh what's this lunatic doing? <laughs> <laughs> like they don't trust you. <laughs> what's your game, mister? <laughs> yeah. What's this guy up to? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They think you're up to something. Yeah. You and your good a, manners.
0: That's that's one of the things that I notice out west it's a little different. People um, people here are terrible, terrible drivers, but the one thing they are is gracious. And and a lot of times, you know, you know when, when someone speeds up so you can't get in, they don't do that here. No, they, eh? they let you in. They wave you through.
1: Well, that's good. You know who I always do that for? Tractor trailers. When I see a tractor trailer on a major expressway, especially if there's heavy traffic and yep. I see his signal light on, I'll yeah. stop and create the space for him to get in because what a gigantic pain in the ass that must be to yeah. try to maneuver one of those things across three lanes at five o'clock in the afternoon in bumper-to-bumper traffic.
0: Yeah, you don't you don't stop completely on the highway, do you?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, if I'm in stop-and-go traffic, yeah, 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 yeah. You
0: let you let them in. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, for people who have forgotten what that is. We used to refer to that as courtesy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, back in our day.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm worried about that. Ted, is that what this sounds like? Uh,
1: Yeah. Well, I suppose I don't know. I'm trying to think of you know the young people I know, like my you know my my son Charlie. But I have two sons, Charlie and Sam. Sam is very much the courteous, old school gentleman, uh, but Charlie would turn right, and it would be up to you to slow down. But
0: Charlie is such a good driver, I think he would understand that if you're going to pull into traffic, that you've got to pull into traffic and speed up so that you get going with the flow of
1: traffic. Oh, he'll speed up all right. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie is such a good driver, it took the SQ three times before they finally <laughs> caught him. <laughs> and cuffed him and took him away (laughs) oh boy i've said this before if i was a billionaire he'd be driving f1 but i'm not so he isn't
0: yeah he'd be good at that yeah he would yeah yes sir he sure would (laughs) (laughs) because we're we're recording on separate ends of the country there there's uh there's a little bit of a um a lag in terms of uh of a uh, reaction time because uh, there's a little bit of a lag in the uh, interweb, I think.
1: but Isn't at least there? we're not getting the uh, we're not getting to do, do your imitation of the internet when it slows.
0: <laughs> yeah, <it's> really, really <laughs> <nice> when, <laughs> yeah, we're all sitting with this. And we're set. <laughs> oh my goodness. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to mention um, something. Uh, speaking of Montreal uh, and uh, police, I want to highly recommend that you watch a documentary called "Kings of Coke." This is uh, this documentary is about Montreal in the uh, 1980s, and a, I guess a little bit into the 90s. And this was going on all around us when Ted and I were doing morning radio. People were getting shot in the middle of the street. Bombs were blowing up buildings. And I don't remember us ever being aware of it, Ted, or even talking about it. It was just on the news. And, uh, and this documentary called Kings of Coke documents the story of the people that were involved, the, uh, the Irish gangsters... Uh, from down in the Point St. Henry area that were involved in this massive cocaine trade in Montreal in the 1980s. And it's such a great story, and it's so unbelievable, and it's so well told by a guy named Julian Scher, who is a uh, an ex-Montrealer who worked for the CBC program The Fifth Estate, and knows this story unbelievably well. And also is told by Tim Burke. Remember Tim Burke from the Gazette, the sports. The sports writer, writer yes. His son, who is a very, very great writer in his own right, uh, is part of the telling of this story. And it's on Crave. Um, if you get a chance to watch it, if you're a Montrealer or an ex-Montrealer, I highly recommend it. I lived at the corner of um, the corner of uh, Atwater and De- well, I lived on. Ah uh, really close to the corner of Atwater and Demesnev, in the Alexis Neon Tower. Uh, back when I started at Chome in 1984, and one day across the street in a building on Atwater, about I don't know, maybe 500 yards uh, from the uh, from the corner uh, where the Montreal Forum is, uh, a bomb went off in a uh, an apartment and killed four people. And at the time. People just assumed it was uh, something to do with the underworld. But the story of how that bomb went off, who it killed, and why those people were killed is in the documentary Kings of Coke. And I remember walking home from work on Green Avenue and looking up and going, wow, there's where the bomb went off. I wonder what happened there.
1: Apparently, as I recall, it was was in a television set that had been delivered as a gift. Is that not correct?
0: Yeah, and part of the story is the guys that were the targets of the killing, uh, there were four guys in the apartment, and they'd been up all night doing coke. And somebody delivered a present at four in the morning, and they opened
1: it. Jesus.
2: <laughs> just, it, it's, wow. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, How stupid? It's, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's just a... It's Well, a they're all
1: whacked on coke in the middle of the night.
0: Well, that's that's yeah. the thing. And you know what it was? The, 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 um, I'm, I'm, it's a bit of a spoiler, but if you watch the documentary, watch the story anyway, they, was a, um, the, the bomber put a, uh, it was a bomb in a brand new VCR. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because it's crazy. Yeah. And you know, what are you going to do? They were gangsters. Yeah. Anyway, these idiots were coked out of their mind and went, Hey, we got ourselves a new VCR. <laughs> and they didn't. And it was rigged so that when you pushed the tape in, <laughs> the bomb went off. Jeez. And there was nothing but pieces parts left of them uh, uh, after the bomb went off at, uh, you know, five o'clock in the morning. It's, it's, it's really quite a story. And, and it's, uh, it's, um, it, it's at a time and a place when uh, the, a lot of the gangsters ran the city of Montreal. And it's also a tip of the cap to the colorful characters, as it were. Uh, that uh, that populate the city of Montreal. It's really, really, really good. And uh, just type in Kings of Coke and you'll find it. I wanted to make sure we mentioned it.
1: I remember that incident, and I also remember, I think it was a lawyer named Frank Catroni who got gunned down in a stairwell, yeah. uh, maybe 86, 87, and another guy, Frank Nitti maybe was his name mm-hmm. or something like that, and he got shot in one of the uh, seedy motels down on Saint-Jacques.
0: Yeah, that that is that part of it, too? Yeah, he's he he was uh, he was one of the gangsters that got gunned down at the uh, the favorite haunt of theirs where they hung out was on St. Jacques. And there was another lawyer who defended everybody who was uh, whacked in the middle of Mount Royal in the middle of the day. They they gunned him down. Oh, I uh,
1: I remember that we were working that morning. Yeah, I remember that. Um, Shit. What was his name?
0: Yeah, I, I I should Google it because I'm you know we're talking about
2: it. Um, so, um, can you I, give me? The, I I can probably find it if you give me. Yeah, the yeah.
0: It's a, a lawyer gunned down in Mount Royal, Poseidon. You'll find it, and and that all the news footage of that is in this, um, is in this story, the Kings of Coke, and it it tells the tale of how he left that morning. He was followed, and then it was you know one of those classic things you've seen in gangster movies. Somebody jams on the brakes in front of him, blocks him from driving any further, and then he gets whacked. Jesus. In the middle of the day, and it was. It was the middle of the rush hour, Ted, and I often wonder. I wonder if he was listening to us.
1: I remember that very well. Why does the name Frank Shufi come to mind? Who was Frank Shufi? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that was the guy, but for oh, whatever that reason, that name, that name uh, uh, popped into my head.
0: That wasn't that, yeah, wasn't we were a, on
1: the air that morning. I remember that very well. and I remember yeah. and it was it was uh uh it was shocking watching it on the news that night because I remember seeing I think it was his daughter like she was it was very close to his home, I believe, yes. and his daughter like ran down to the scene to learn that her father had just been murdered. It was crazy. Yes.
0: yeah, it was you know, he had left that it was one of those crazy things he had left that morning. And uh, and like I said, he was followed from his home, and uh, and got whacked before he, you know, I, I think he was less less than ten minutes away from his house.
1: And so, what was the motivation? Was it to warn other lawyers? Uh, well, I don't he know was, what what was it. Why would you kill? Why would you kill a lawyer? Was he, he was dirty too?
0: He, he what they what they posit
1: in the documentary. He
0: was a lawyer that was defending a lot of uh, dealers that had connections to South American cartels. And he did really well, but then he got a little bit too deep. Uh-oh. He got too well connected with the guys in the Irish. Like he knew time. too much? He, I guess he knew too much. And the other thing was he started to lose a couple of cases. Oh, and I guess he, got, he just got too involved and too deep. And they decided that uh, he was going to be a liability and uh, he was uh, disposed of.
2: By the As way, a- his name is uh, Sidney Leithman. Yeah, Sydney it. And Frank Shufi, Franklin, Dimitrios Shufi. I think he's half Greek. Uh, he was gunned down in his uh, office. He was uh, once again a, a, a criminal. Uh, like
1: 1987.
2: Uh, yeah, 85,
1: 85. Yeah, that's the that's the other one. Who's Catroni? Yeah. Why? Who's Frank Catroni? Well,
0: Frank, he- Frank Catroni was a is was the head of the Catroni family. Okay. Um And that that isn't it's not really part of this story because this story focuses on uh, on all of the uh, uh, all of the Irish guys that were uh, running uh, running this uh, uh, the cocaine out of uh, the old port of Montreal. It's uh, it's called the Kings of Coke and it was uh, about Alan Ross, Jerry Maddox and uh, what was referred to as uh, the West End Gang. I highly highly recommend it. If you live in Montreal, it's like looking at old home movies. Well,
1: yeah, and Montreal has such a colorful underworld yeah. criminal history between the yeah. Italians and the Irish yeah. and the bikers and uh more recently the street gangs. It's it's crazy. Jesus, I wouldn't want to be in that world at all. No, no yeah. me neither.
0: And and w- there are I should say there's there's a couple of good guys in the uh, documentary including a a now retired policeman, I think his name was Andre Savard, and uh, he was uh, he was uh, chosen to go after these gang members in the uh, in the 1980s. And he's a real character himself. He talks about having a showdown with one of these gangsters that uh, him and his fellow officers gunned down. And he said, you know, I was in. I'm paraphrasing, but he says something like. Uh, well it was me or him and uh, i'm still here <laughs> so, he, he's he's worth it he, just just to watch savard is 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 worth the price of admission to watch wow. this documentary yeah yeah it's it's really terrific i don't want to spend the whole podcast doing movie reviews but it's uh, it's absolutely terrific it's called kings of coke I probably said that ten times now, haven't
1: I? You have, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if,
0: you,
2: if you guys, uh, if you guys like uh, crime documentaries, uh, there's a there's a ex uh, mobster that um, I think he has a podcast. His name is Sammy the Bull
1: Gravano. Sure, yeah. He was uh, he was John he was Gotti's right hand man. Yeah. He oh, put Gotti that? away. Yeah. He What'd you say, what Terry I'm was a problem. rat?
0: Hey, I don't know how he's still alive. Yeah, no ago. kidding. Hey? <laughs> because because, he ratted out a whole bunch of people, that
2: guy. Because it's too obvious.
0: That's true, I guess. Right
2: now. Yeah. Uh I, well, I think. Um, but yeah, he has a podcast and he talks about all that shit.
1: Sammy the Bull Gravano has a podcast. Jesus Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder if he's going to get a morning radio show, Sammy in the morning.
2: Hey, coincidentally, he also uh, has seasons.
1: Oh, he does. Yeah, hey. yes. Yeah. Well, it was, if it's good enough for Sammy the Bull, it's good enough for us, Jerry. Sammy
0: the Bull Gravano <laughs> can do his jingles. <laughs> it's a morning show. <laughs> Hey, let's take a let's take a break and uh, thank our uh, friends at uh, the Mersons, Ted. Let's do that. Merson
1: Automotive. Speaking of Saint Jacques, <laughs> uh, No, they're on the good side of the street. Yeah. The Mersons, Mersons at uh, the corner of Saint Jacques and Cavendish, actually uh, Saint Jacques just a little bit west of Cavendish, where they've been for low these many years, specializing in tires. And it's the winter tire time of the season, so you want to talk to the Mersons about uh, Yokohamas. Or Nokians, those are their specialty brands, and they have uh, tires for all cars and all budgets. Go by and see them. Not only tires, though, they'll do your uh, they'll do your uh, fall and winter maintenance for you, or when the time comes, your spring and summer maintenance. And as we like to say, and can't say this enough, they will only do what is required. And that's what I love about the Mersons, and I figured that out about them right away when Charlie from, would come out from the garage, Charlie, the service manager, and he'd call out a customer's name and he'd go over to the customer and he'd say, okay, your brakes are good right now, but come back and see us in three months and let's check on them then. Um, or your winter tires are good for this season and they'll probably get you through half of next season as well. Uh, but midway through next season, you might need to start thinking about winter tires. That kind of honesty sold me on the Mersens, as opposed to the hard sell. Oh boy, those tires are shot. If you don't leave with a new pair today, you're asking for trouble. That's not how the Mersens operate, and that's why they've been in business for three generations. Mersen Automotive, St. Jacques, west of Cavendish, and online at mercenauto.com.
0: And I'm going to talk about another family business we've been talking about for uh, quite some time, and that's my friends at Metla Bonheur, uh, another family-run business, a uh, family that's dedicated to sleep technology, a better night's sleep, And I know what you're thinking, what, sleep technology? There is such a thing, and they stay on top of all of the latest innovations when it comes to sleep technology. So if you want something really, really dedicated that is a a highly technical new mattress, uh, you know, whether it's an adjustable mattress, whether it's a Technogel mattress, or you just need a good old-fashioned Sealy mattress for the guest room... They can handle all of that, and what I love about them is that family-run vibe that they had when they opened their very first store is still available to you in all of their locations around the Greater Montreal area. In every store you go to, you'll be warmly welcomed, you'll be asked a couple of questions, then you'll be left alone and not pressured inside those beautiful stores that only have products that pertain to a good night's sleep. You can get new pillows, you can get new linens, you can get new mattresses, and you will be well taken care of. And when you drop by, tell them you listen to the podcast. You can use the code TED04 or ter 5 and uh, tell them that uh, uh, Terry said you could get a 5% discount and they'll give you one. Start at their website, matlabonar.ca, and go get that shopping experience I've been talking about for years and years. Ted, have I been hogging up all the topics?
1: Do you have it's a It's quite topic? all right. I was just going to mention, I would like to be a sleep technologist. I'm an excellent sleeper, you know. <laughs> I think I'd make a terrific sleep technologist.
0: Well, I was. We were I don't, Were we talking about this at the top of the podcast, or did I imagine this, you falling asleep behind the wheel?
1: Were we talking about that on the podcast, or were we talking about that before we started? <laughs> it, it was all so long uh, ago. Uh,
2: I don't think you guys spoke
1: about it at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that that happens to me now. When I leave work, I get up at 3.30 in the morning. I go to work. I do a radio show from 5.30 to 9. And it's pretty, uh, like, it's 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 mentally, it's it can be taxing. I mean, it's not, you know, I'm not mining coal or anything, but it's go, go, go. And you're, uh, you know, you're high energy for three and a half hours. And then when it's over, you sort of have a bit of a letdown, right? I don't mean like you get depressed and want to yeah. drink at nine in the morning, but but you're just like, you know, <sighs> yeah. So when I get on the road and I'm on my way home, I start to get drowsy. Mm-hmm. And someone said to me the other day, try chewing gum. Yeah. They say chewing gum keeps you awake. And you know what? It works because I got some gum this morning. I started to chew the gum. I dozed off, choked on the gum, and that woke me up.
0: <laughs> For me, it was it was open windows and singing. And not not necessarily singing with open windows, but you know, singing along in the car and uh, yelling and doing the, <laughs> that kind of thing.
1: You know, I remember as a younger man saying, how the hell do people fall asleep at the wheel? Like it was, I couldn't, I couldn't conceive of that ever happening, but now, now yeah. I get it.
0: It's the only part of it I don't miss because I must admit when you and I do that uh, little radio show on Saturday, I have an awful lot of fun doing that. And I miss being in front of a microphone. I really do miss uh, having a program. <clears throat> but I certainly do not miss the hours of a morning show and the grind that that brings. And as you say, it's not like working in a coal mine by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but it's a lot of fun to do. Um, but uh, getting up at 3.30, you know, especially in the later years, kicked the shit out of me and didn't do much for my health either.
1: Well, listen, how many guys do you know who've done morning radio for decades have lived to a ripe old age?
0: Uh, the only guy I can think of is there's a guy out in Vancouver uh, who was the, the, he was the George Balkan of uh, Vancouver radio for years and years and years. His name was Red Robinson. Okay. And I, I think he's uh, he's 105 or something. He's, <laughs> he's quite, he's not. <laughs> I'm being, I'm, a I'm stirring
1: being, tribute. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But you know what? He's he's somewhat active on social media, um, and uh, I think he's I think he's well into his eighties now.
1: What about and your mentor, Don Percy?
0: I was just going to say, my buddy Don Percy is about to has uh, just he's going to kick the shit out of me for uh, for not getting this right. But I think he just celebrated his eighty fifth birthday. Wow! Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's slowing down and and uh, and and doesn't, you know, he's not as spry as he used to do or used to be. And he, he doesn't, you know, doesn't move as swiftly as he used to, but he's still sharp as a tack. As a matter of fact, he works for his son now. His son, Willie Percy, hosts a morning show in Vancouver at Rock 101. And Don is on his staff and gets up every morning and supplies stories and uh, jokes for him.
1: Well, that's what I'm hoping to do when Sam Bird gets into the broadcast industry because I'm not going to be able to retire. So he's gonna he's gonna have to support me, and I would like to work for for the support.
0: <laughs> you don't you don't just want a monthly check?
1: <laughs> no. Well, it's, I'll get one, but it won't be enough. <laughs> yeah.
0: By the way, when are you uh, are you getting your monthly checks yet? By the
1: way, I think I'm test? I think I'm eligible, but I haven't yeah. uh, I haven't applied yet. I, I think you can I think you can. Uh, yeah um, backended or whatever the expression yeah, yeah. is
0: yeah when, when are you going to reach into that pot
1: when I need it
0: okay yeah right.
1: when I need it I don't need it yet I'm I'm uh, I've been chasing enough crumbs right now that I'm uh, I'm able to uh, I have I have what I need for today
0: yes let's there see you
1: go. let's yeah. see what let's see what tomorrow brings yeah and I like, uh, uh,
0: somebody asked me about the they said are you, you're making money on your podcast and they said, you know what it covers our expenses. And, uh, and can buy us a dinner, maybe? Uh, no, you know, we're not. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and uh, Sean Hayes, who do a podcast called Smartless, which is, I, I'm a big fan of the podcast. It's, it's quite good. But it's mostly, you know, it's very good because they're big stars, and they're Rolodex is full of big stars. Yep. So they have nothing but big stars. The big stars are interviewing the big stars. So a lot of people listen to it. Amazon bought it for 80 million dollars.
1: <laughs> so they bought the podcast for 80 million dollars. So they still yes. they still do the podcast, but now they get paid a salary to do the podcast. I would imagine. Yeah, and I, probably I, I, a handsome one at that.
0: Yeah. I, I I'm not sure if, you know, what you do is you split the 80 million three ways and that's the end of it. Maybe.
1: I'm not sure how that works. I doubt it. I doubt very much that they would uh, um, take their uh, whatever 80 divided by three is and then say, okay, we'll do it for free now. I wouldn't. I'll, I'll take oh. my one-third of the 80 million and I'll continue to do the podcast, but you're going to have to pay me a salary to do the podcast.
0: So you think Amazon paid, <clears throat> excuse me, 80 million bucks for the rights and then pays them a salary for every podcast they deliver.
1: I think so. I would be surprised if they didn't at that level of the entertainment industry. Shit. these guys have all got uh, high-powered agents who I'm you sure should. have cut them very sweet deals. And you they are, be and Nathan. well, they are who they are as well. You know, yeah. they're 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 Will Arnett and and uh, other buddies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that's what they should have called it. Will Arnett and the Other <laughs> Fellows.
1: <laughs> There's actually a band in Newfoundland called Buddy, what's his name, and the Other Fellows.
0: <laughs> yeah, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and uh, Sean Hayes, they don't need our help.
1: No, they sure don't.
0: Said, you know, they the podcast is is a great fun. They they had they had Wayne Gretzky on the podcast. And and uh Wayne Gretzky told some stories that I hadn't heard before. Because it, you know this is typical, it it's not sports guys interviewing Wayne Gretzky. It's you know three actors interviewing Wayne Gretzky, and Sean Hayes is not a sports fan at all. And out of that came some uh, stories that I hadn't heard before uh, from Gretzky, and I I thought that that was uh, I thought that was 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 really interesting. And and the other thing that they do that I kind of like is one of the three of them gets to invite a guest and doesn't tell the other two. So they only revealed the guest when they begin recording the podcast. It's, it's a small thing, but it's, it's kind of fun.
1: That sounds like a good idea. So Gretzky was a good guest because he can be quite vanilla. I find, although yeah. I haven't watched him on, uh, what channel is he doing hockey on? Is he on ESPN or TNT or something?
0: Uh, he is on one of the American channels. Yeah, he's in, he's in the
1: studio and, uh, You know, he's like, I interviewed him a couple of times years and years and years ago, nice enough guy, but, but just, uh, well, you know, it was a pretty good game. yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: He's, he's gotten much better at it. I think as he's gotten older and I think, you know, he gets tired of, you know, and I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people who are athletes get tired of being asked these really ridiculous and stupid questions from people who are, are now in the business who aren't really experienced and you know, I I don't know if you think this, Ted, but I, I find that when I'm watching sports broadcasts, some of the some of the reporters don't even ask questions. They just point, push the microphone. You know, they say something like hell of a game tonight and push the microphone in someone's face.
1: Yeah, well, I've seen that happen and I've seen do you do that to the wrong person and they'll say, do you have a question? I've yeah. seen that happen. Yeah. What, what's and your it, question?
0: And, yeah, and it should happen. So, yeah. I, I, I think when you get you know now that Gretzky's older and 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 wiser and more confident and i think you you know you get him in a, a position where he was comfortable and he was comfortable with these three guys um he, he he just like i said he told some interesting and fascinating stories that i hadn't heard before and i thought i thought that was uh, Again, uh, Jason Bateman doesn't need our help.
1: No, but you know what? That's a credit to those guys. I mean, they're actors by profession, but that's a credit to them as broadcasters and interviewers that they made him comfortable enough that he told some stories at a school.
0: Yeah, and Will Arnett is Canadian, so he's a massive hockey fan, a massive Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and, uh, and tells a story about how him and Gretzky met and how excited he was that he had Wayne Gretzky's phone number and all of that stuff, so... You know, I guess Gretzky and him had a uh, a bit of a a bit of a connection and a bit of a friendship, and you know they talked about golf and a few other things. And he talked about his father, and Gretzky talked about living away from home. And it's uh, you know I, I I I suggested you watch Kings of Coke, and when you're done with our podcast, please uh, tell your friends about it and share it because uh, that helps us. Um, uh, or offer but, us
1: eighty million, would you? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah and we may as well you know if you're looking for another podcast to uh, to listen to i would recommend smartless if uh, if uh, you enjoy that entertainment uh, you know that that part of the entertainment world and uh, if you're listening to this podcast you're probably already aware of smartless i i don't have you ever gone to you know type in a podcast head and go look for one there's about nine jillion of
1: them yeah i know no i have um, um, i have a select few that i listen to including um an old friend and colleague of mine, Trish Wood, her podcast is called Trish Wood is Critical. It's highly political, and Trish is a, a, a disaffected former lefty uh, who has uh, moved over to uh, to the right of the political spectrum, and she's very, very smart. And she was on the Fifth Estate for a while. She was a reporter with the Fifth Estate, and uh, she's a very accomplished, award-winning journalist. Uh, who is uh, extremely cynical at this point. She's cynical about COVID. She's cynical about uh, mainstream media. And uh, I'm on board with quite a bit of her cynicism. And I'm not going to go down that road, but uh, uh, I think I think it's worth a listen. And, and if that's not, you know, uh, if if it's not in your echo chamber, all the more reason to me to listen to it because I think we all need to get out of our echo chambers.
0: I think, isn't it... Isn't it a if not a requirement? Is it's a, a good quality to have if you're a journalist? Shouldn't you be cynical?
1: Well, I don't know if uh, cynical might be a step too far. Um, uh, I don't know what what exactly the word would be. Maybe it'll come to me uh, at, at some point because uh, cynical suggests to me that uh, you're not going to believe anything uh, that you hear. Yeah. I That's think, true. yeah, I, I skeptical. I think is maybe <laughs> the word. Yeah, Trish Trish bills herself as a critical thinker, and she thinks there's not enough critical thinking going on these days. People just latch onto a narrative uh, or get into an ideological camp, and away they go.
0: Well, see, I, when I'm I'm looking for a podcast because I'm 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 so turned off by um, uh, radio now. Um, and, and, and I'm not, not because I'm a bitter guy cause I'm not, you know me, Ted, I'm not a bitter guy, yeah. but there's, I, I find radio just isn't compelling anymore. It just doesn't offer, you know, I, I don't want to participate in your text polls. I don't want to, I don't want to tell you, you know, uh, how many times I fell on the ice this week. You know, you know what I mean? The, the kind of there's a, what's a, there's a blandness now. I find, uh, to all kinds of, of radio, whether it's talk radio or top 40 radio or rock radio. I just, I just, even, even out in Vancouver, which is a big radio market, it's, it's all, all the same. And it's, it's chased me to the, to the world of podcasts. And as I mentioned, there's like 9 million of them and I, I go with my mood. Sometimes I like the cheesy entertaining things and, and sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll go looking for, you know, biographies or or not necessarily political podcasts, but um, the other thing I really like is uh, uh, podcasts about history. John Meacham, uh, who's somebody that I'm a huge fan of, who's uh, um, a bit of a historian, a writer who used to be the editor of Newsweek. He's got a terrific uh, podcast if if you like that kind of thing. And uh, it all it all depends on my my mood, but I I, I don't like to get too deep into the politics because. Then I angry drive. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, here's one I'll suggest. Two drink minimum. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You With go, Pantelis yeah. Right right and house. Mike Ward and our yeah. producer Poseidon. Hey. Hey. Because ay. they'll talk politics, but they'll make it funny as hell. Yeah. 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 It's a great but podcast. And you guys, like you guys rank right up there eh? in the podcast, um, in the podcast yes. rankings. Like two drink minimum does very well. And Mike himself, Mike Ward, with his uh, uh, French cast, Suze Koot French podcast, mm-hmm. uh, has has um, w- what is he exactly? Is he the most listened to French comedy podcast in the world? I is think that- he's
2: the most listened to French podcast in the world. Period. Period. eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah wow.
1: Yeah. Not even just com-
2: ju- Not even comedy. Just French podcast.
1: As you'll recall, he filled the Bell Center for yes. a podcast. When was that? Yeah. Poseidon back in the spring. Back. Uh, fuck, what was the
2: day? July towards the oh, end the of the summer. Day, July. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. You went, eh? Yes. Yeah. He did. did two shows. He did two. And, uh, fuck what a night, man. The energy I felt in that place, like the, vi- like it was, it felt like the planet was vibrating.
1: What is you it know, about Mike that it, he
2: makes that work so well? Yeah. He's authentic, man. People love him. People yeah. love him. He's a good dude. Uh, I, I think it just that's what it is. It's as simple as that. It's nothing. It's, it's not it,
0: It's a it's a sorry beside. It's astonishing to think, you know, like it's and he's it's, funny,
2: obviously. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah,
0: but it, it's <laughs> basically like I, a, it's a, you know a table and two chairs and and guys having a conversation and twenty thousand people paid money to mm. to go watch it. It's really quite astonishing when you think about
1: it. Well, it speaks to exactly what Poseidon said. Mike is just—he uh, just naturally attracts people because he's—he's he's so nice and he's so funny, right? And who doesn't like a nice guy who makes you laugh,
0: right? Right. Yeah, we we should try that, Ted. Maybe we could get a dozen people to come out.
1: <laughs> Maybe. In the meantime, here's something that might make you laugh. How about the tweet sheet?
0: Yes, let's do the tweet sheet. And before we move off podcasts, can I? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that's. Uh, You know, it's a a bit cheesy, but I want to mention my my wife has a podcast. Yes, she does. Yes.
1: It's a good one, actually.
0: Yeah, it is a good one. I don't mean to say that
1: like what a surprise. It's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be surprised at how good it is.
0: (laughs) My wife, Jess, uh, is one of the biggest music fans I know. I'm sitting, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm sitting in her music room. Uh, the the guitars hanging on the wall. The Paul McCartney posted this, that. It's all Jess. There's a drum kit next to me. There's a keyboard on the other side of the room. She's a massive, massive music fan. Massive, massive live music fan. Uh, just in the last couple of months alone, we've been to the Eagles, the Killers. We went to Elton John twice. Um, and she has a podcast called The Concert Goers where her and her uh, very good friend, uh, Jenny Fiaske, um, talk about concerts they've seen uh her here in British Columbia and uh, G out in uh, Montreal and uh, they talk about the shows and concert etiquette and everything else. It's called the concert goers now um and it's and it's as Ted said it's it's good it, they all the episodes are about a half an hour and they're a lot of fun if you're a music fan. All right Ted to the tweet sheet
1: the tweet sheet uh, I found uh, some real dandies uh, this past week Tara. I think you're gonna like the tweet sheet today. Uh, some good laughs. Just a second, just All right. a second. Okay, here's All right. here's one from at eggshell friend. That's the thing about bear traps. I keep getting older. They keep getting ow, ow, ow. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Shit, ow, help, help. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs>
0: uh, I started to laugh because if you. Again, if you're not watching the video version of this podcast, you can't see it, but I, I got fed that I could see the visual of the tweet as Ted was reading it. <laughs> you got to oh.
1: close your eyes, Tara.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm closing my eyes. All right, here we go. All
1: right. From at I'm the slime. Cowabunga dude, I say, as I piss myself at this chilies. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> Jesus, I don't know how I don't know how and where they came up with these. And from at Shen the Bird on the phone, can you come pick me up, Mom? Please, please. Okay, thank you. I love you. Bye-bye, Mom. Okay, bye. Hangs up. All right, put the money in the fucking bag. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ah, that was so funny. Isn't that, great? that was so good.
1: <laughs> that one is so good. I like that one. <laughs> Mom, I'm robbing the liquor store. Can you come and get me? Okay, love you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, they are great. Yeah, those um, are pretty good. Yeah, that
0: tweet sheet thing you've discovered, Ted, That's uh, you've come up with some terrific bits over the years.
1: Well, listen, it's just me stealing other people's jokes, well, but I'm giving them credit, and that's what counts. You
0: are, but it was your idea to come up with the tweet sheet. It was the same thing, you know, with bird droppings and revisionist history and Don scary. These were all hallmarks of a uh, of, uh, creative radio program uh, years ago, and uh, and the tweet sheet uh, continues that tradition. There's so. no
1: room for that anymore, sir, creativity. No, 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 <laughs> uh, no. We'll have no more shit, of that.
0: Raisins going oatmeal cookies.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. Should I tell the story about the morning Guy Fleur died? Yes. The morning Guy Fleur died, the story broke during uh, what's called morning drive in radio. It was about, I think it was around 7.30 or so in the morning, when the news came. And uh, so I talked about it on my show and I got a little bit emotional. My voice cracked because it was Guy Lafleur. And, you know, I work in Montreal. He was my favorite hockey player growing up. And it was just, it was very emotional. Yes. And then I got off at 9 o'clock and I turned on one of the other stations and listened to them on my way home. And they said, hey, everybody, Guy Lafleur died. Text us your favorite Guy Lafleur memories. Like it was a contest. And then I turned on the French sports station BPM spore, and they were weeping openly, yeah. deep heaving sobs. They were grieving, as yeah. as most of us were. Yeah, but well, that, at the that's... cookie cutter at the cookie cutter FM station, it was hey everybody, Gila Fleur's dead. Text us your favorite Gila Fleur memories. That's really sad.
0: Yeah. You know i I remember the the morning that, uh, we got the news that Gord Downey had passed away and, um, and we knew everybody knew Gore Downey was, was battling, you know, he was fighting a losing battle. Everybody knew that. And it was about, I don't know, maybe as I recall, it was around maybe 830, 835. And the word came across the, uh, the, you know, the word came across the, the internet and, uh, I said to my producer, Esteman, I said, uh, uh, stop the record. Stop whatever we're doing. I just just stopped the music. And I went on the air, and I was unable to contain myself. And uh, as I was reading the, the press release from the, the, the Downey family, I began to cry. And <clears throat> I was a little bit embarrassed by it. Um, but then I got all kinds of reaction from people saying, you know, we all reacted the same way. We felt the same thing and, uh, and thought and, – and I, I just – I don't know. I, I just – I don't understand what's happened to uh, the, the medium that you don't find many people – you know, I'm not saying it was, you know, I'm great because I was authentic. But I don't understand what's happened to the medium where people can't just be themselves anymore.
1: I think in some instances they're not allowed to be themselves because they're, yeah. uh, they're getting direction from consultants who live in another city.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess Who that, don't even I, know
1: the announcers.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's what it, what it is. I've, I've spoken to people inside the broadcast business who say there's also a, um, a sort of a preoccupation with trying to get uh, radio to interact with social media. And that the social media numbers that you have are are important, but I, I just I I think it's nice to to be able to interact with people who listen to radio on social media, but I, I don't see how the two were connected. Sitting behind a microphone and trying to communicate is a different thing than than writing a post on Facebook yep. when you agree, Ted? I agreed. Yeah. Do you listen to the radio, Poseidon? Uh,
2: no, I don't. Ne- never, eh? I think I've tried to listen to it but then they do the wacky voices and it kind of <laughs> You're out, yeah. yeah. Like
1: are are you talking English or French? Uh English. Yeah. Wow, my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you know? I, you know?
1: I was just like, ugh. yeah, what's your favorite chocolate bar? Yeah. Click.
0: I you know what? I want we should tip our cap um you know, if you're listening if you're in Montreal or you know who we're talking about. Randy Reno is an old-fashioned broadcaster. He it sure is. Pete, yep. yeah. Pete and Randy are Pete and and Randy and and Andrew Carter and Ken Connors. You know these are all all people that still practice the uh, what do you call it? What what am I referring the to? The craft. Called? Yes, thank you. They practice the craft, and and uh, they're uh, they're uh, they
1: do it quite well. They must have to hold their nose sometimes, though, when they get the orders from on high.
0: Yeah. Well, also, uh, you are a uh, crafter of the uh, crafting. Of the
1: yeah, but craft. they, I'm left alone for the most part. Yeah. Well,
0: that's good though. But yeah. you can do your thing, which is, you know, which is what's so much fun. You know, I did. It's like kind of like when we fart around on Saturday. Yeah. You know, we. It's the same kind of thing. Like when you fart around during the week.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: I I, I don't want to suggest that what you're doing is just farting around and that you're not working, but. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. Uh, well,
1: it's not. It's not that. It's not that formatted cookie cutter radio. It's a little no, more free form. Yeah.
0: No,
1: no, no, no. I'm listen. not going. It's five or thirty-five. Everybody.
2: <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam. Yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah, just>, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're in the era of um, people want to know who you are as a person. Well, I, they they I, don't want. The... They don't want. Like. Uh, they don't want the the the. The wackiness anymore. That was a, a passe thing, I think. People just well, want to know who you are. They yeah, want the authenticity. One of the, one of
0: the nicest compliments I used to get, we used to get Poseidon, and I'm sure Ted still gets, is when listeners would say to me, I feel like I know you. Yeah. Oh, you, you sound like a guy yeah. I'd love to have a beer with. I feel like I know who you – you know. I feel like I know you personally.
1: The best radio consultant in the business, Valerie Geller, says the two highest compliments you can be paid – as a broadcaster and I think that I think this extends to podcaster now as well. Yep. Are A I feel like I know you. And this part doesn't extend to podcaster. This is broadcaster, but B I couldn't get out of the car until you were finished.
0: Yeah. How often did you hear that? That's a high compliment yeah. when when you're, you know, you're interviewing someone. Or, or you're having a conversation and they, they say, I, you know, I, I waited in the parking lot until you were done. Yeah. That's really high praise. Yeah,
2: it really is. Um oh, fuck out of thought. Oh, I, I I get a lot of uh, – sometimes I get somebody who, uh, rem- like, uh, talks to me about, like, a personal story. That Mm -hmm. I've talked about on podcasts, but a long time ago. But you know, like about when
1: you shit yourself at
2: kindergarten? No, yeah, like that, you know, or like you know, like a personal story and I've talked about it on podcasts and they go, Hey man, remember when you spoke about this and that? And I've forgotten that I've spoken about it and I get angry, I go, How the fuck you know uh, how the fuck do you know that information? What are you FBI CIA? Sticking your nose in my business. (laughs) Who the fuck are you?
1: Yeah not adjusting well to having a public profile. Hey Terry, you've never skied, eh?
0: I have skied actually. And I, yeah, I did. I have. Uh, our our old friend, our good buddy Rob Braid, uh, encouraged me and encouraged me. And I, the reason I didn't take up the skiing, Ted, is because on the weekends you had to get up at six to get you know a bunch of runs in, and you know drive up north and get a bunch of runs in. And I wasn't setting an alarm on a Saturday or a Sunday. I just wouldn't do it. But one year. Um, I can't remember the name of the—the the ski hill is now closed. But anyway, Rob sent me up uh, at this uh, resort up uh, in the Laurentians and, uh, and got me ski lessons, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Really, Hank? Eh? The reason I asked was our sponsors at Jaguar Land Rover Laval have a terrasse at Mont Saint-Sauveur, terrasse Land Rover Laval. And I think this past weekend was the, as we're recording this now, the, the last weekend was the season opener. And uh, they were having an event up there. So I went up to schmooze and uh, and shake some hands and, and uh, kiss some babies. and And I figured out why I don't ski. It was way too crowded for me. It was hard to find a place to park. And there were people everywhere. And the restaurant was packed. And you had to wait for a table. But I'll tell you what, it's like golf. People who love it, love it. A lot. Do they ever. They were just having an absolute ball up there. And the Land Rover Terrace is a spectacular facility. It's an outdoor terrace, but it has a fireplace so you can stay plenty warm. And uh, you can stay, uh, of course, uh, liquefied as well. Uh, yep. You can get a bite to drink. They had some kind, I think it was called Aperol. Have you ever heard of Aperol? Oh, yeah,
0: Aperol Spritz. That's, that's really big in Italy, that thing. Oh, is
1: that right? Well, that's yeah. what they were serving up on the Land Rover Terrace. And then uh, Land Rover Laval gave away a Land Rover. Well, as long oh. as we're here. <laughs> well, they gave it away for a week. Somebody nice. won uh, Somebody won a Land Rover to, uh, to drive for a week. And they'll be doing events up there all winter long at Terrace Land Rover at Mont Saint-Sauveur, Sommet Saint-Sauveur. Uh, you can uh, find more details on their website. And uh, why don't you swing by Jaguar Land Rover Laval and uh, say a hi to their marketing director, Adrian McGrath, uh, who uh, was very generous with me. Uh, When I was up there uh, over the weekend, and also, of course, Nino and Renato D. Cubelis, the owners of Jaguar Land Rover Laval. And I think we can call them friends of ours, can't we, Tare?
0: Absolutely. I agree with that 100%.
1: Good people. And in keeping with with our preference for dealing with family-owned and operated businesses, that's what uh, Jaguar Land Rover Laval is. Uh, they'll uh, they'll treat uh, they treat their staff like family and they'll treat you like family as a client as well jaguar laval dot com and Laval dot com
0: yes we like to refer to them as lag like
1: jag Laval. La <laughs> thanks for letting that go <laughs> 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 Fucker <laughs>
0: um, Ah, uh, by the way, just so people don't think I'm I'm making up the story, the lessons that I took were actual lessons of an actual ski hill that doesn't exist anymore. Called the resort was called Gray Rocks. Oh, there you go. Yeah,
1: that was out of uh, the townships, wasn't it, or was that up north?
0: No, it was up north in the Laurentians. Okay, uh, it was yeah, it was a um, a big uh, a big favorite for some reason. Americans love to come up and ski at Gray
1: Rocks. Really, but, eh?
0: Yeah, they couldn't they couldn't keep it going for whatever reason. But that's where I had my lessons. Uh, but it's been a long, long time since I put wood on my feet and dashed down a hill. I'll tell yeah. you. Of course, it's not wood anymore, is it? It's fiberglass.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. It it can't be uh it can't be an inexpensive pastime. Oh, Christ! Like you've God. really got to gear up to go skiing.
0: Yeah, it's a we're we're lucky enough that we're uh, you know we're a couple of hours away from Whistler, which is you know one of the f- finest ski resorts in all of North America with heart-stopping fees for going up skiing. I'll bet. Just heart-stopping. Hey, um, we should uh, thank our friends at Voswin, by the way, Uh, speaking, well, not that they're skiers, uh, but I'll bet you maybe they could engineer some kind of contraption that we could maybe ski while we're sitting, Ted. I was going to say
1: something (laughs) that we could sit on, perhaps. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sure Voswin could come up with something, although I believe that's already been invented. It's called a sled, No,
0: that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Voswin, uh, if you have a business or a project uh, or a service that requires an engineering component and you're not sure which way to go with it, go to Voswin. They can help you out. They are engineering consulting experts in multiple disciplines, mechanical and industrial engineering and design, electrical engineering and design, software engineering and design, Whatever you need, they can help you out. And it doesn't matter if you're a tradesman, if you're a dentist, if you're an astronaut. I don't think there is any profession uh, or industry or trade where they cannot apply their area of expertise. So if you're at some kind of a crossroads or you're up against a wall uh, with a with a personal or professional project that has an engineering component that you can't for the life of you figure out, uh, call Voswin. They're the people who uh, who are going to get you uh, going with that. You can find them online at Voswin. That's V-O-Z-W-I-N dot
0: Yes, an engineering firm has sponsored the podcast with Terry and Ted. Well, why I wouldn't know. they? Why wouldn't
1: they? <laughs> I know. If it's good <laughs> enough for <laughs> Lagomore Jagger to <or> Laval. <laughs>
0: You know, I I I was watching something and I don't remember what it was, but you used the exact same phrase. I, I you know you I don't know if it was an old tape or an old video, and I said something, uh, and then you said something and stumbled over some words, and I made fun of you, and you said, "Yeah, thanks for letting that <laughs> go."
1: <laughs> well, how long have we been making fun of each other? Thirty-five yeah. years or so. Why well, stop okay. now?
0: Let's do the math, Ted. What is it? I I don't know I my first radio job was the summer of 1978. My first paid radio job was ni- summer of 1978. You and I, so how many years is that? Poseidon, could you do the math for us?
1: It's funny 19- I I I have a penchant for remembering specific dates among other useless information. I remember no. my first job started March 8th, 1978. Wow, you and I started. We worked our first show together, if I'm not mistaken, May 9th, 1988.
2: 1988. Yeah,
1: so that's 34 going on 35 years.
2: 45 years uh, you've been in the yeah, business. Yeah,
1: 45 years in the business, and you and I have worked together. It'll be 35 years next spring.
0: Oh, Jesus, mercy!
1: Well, we haven't worked together that whole time, but that's when we first started working together.
0: Yeah. Well, we've been friends that long. Mm. Because that's the other yeah. thing. People wondered, you know, people said, oh, uh, did you and Ted have a falling out when you went to Calgary?
1: Oh, yeah. I said that arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never speak to him again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you came out and visited in Calgary.
1: I did, yeah. That's where Allie Bird took her first steps. Yes. Was in your me. home in Calgary. That's where that's she learned cool. to walk, yeah. She was 37 at the time, so we were quite <laughs> pleased. <that> she... <laughs> no, she was a year and a bit, I guess.
0: Yeah, and we took the family to Drumheller. Yeah. <laughs> No,
1: not uh, the dinosaurs were there. The dinosaurs yeah. and the hoodoos.
0: That's right. Hoodoo woodoo. <laughs> All right, it's uh it's time to wrap it up, I guess. Hey, Ted Bird? I think so. When uh when we're doing the Yeah, what do you know? What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's time to uh wrap it up. Listen, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate that very very much. We uh we're not expecting the phone to ring at any time. I don't think Amazon's calling. Um, but one of the things I was saying to a friend of mine last week on the phone, I was saying I think the podcast is uh, number one. It's aimed at a uh, at a Montreal audience and ex-Montreal audience. No matter where you may live, a lot of ex-Montrealers all over the world, um, and uh, it may be filling a void. Um in terms of what's available uh on the radio these days. Would you agree with that, Ted?
1: Well, except perhaps for the Ted Bird morning show, uh weekday mornings 5:30 to 9 on Light 1067, 106.7 FM, online at light1067.ca, on the iHeartRadio app and on your smart speaker, and of course Saturday mornings with Terry and Ted from 9 to noon on Light 1067 FM. Other than that, yes, it's filling a void.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, so, uh, tell your friends about it and, uh, share, uh, the podcast. We appreciate that. Um, our thanks to, uh, Pantelis and Mike Ward and of course Poseidon, uh, who make sure that this all, all goes together and, uh, and it gets, uh, uploaded on the uh, interweb. Bye-bye Ted. See you now. Standing by, the Terry and Ted podcast has been brought to you by the UPS Store Canada. The UPS Store near you is locally owned and operated by a member of your small business community.